first of the three on playing with friends. The concept of on playing with is something that I came up with a while ago, and I'm not sure where it came from. I think it's more or less the result of thinking a lot about playing games and not writing a lot. So trying to find a way to do some kind of long form, deep thought piece, <laughs> but through podcast. So on playing with was always an idea of a series of things talking about the dynamics with which we play games and the dynamics through which we play games. Uh, and I don't know if there's the same level of thought in everybody. Obviously there isn't. A lot of people are super content to just watch things and not think about what they mean or what the, uh, what the writer or the artists were trying to say had that conversation on Christmas with my with my family, mostly with my dad. For some reason, I was convinced that like Godzilla, Star Wars, Marvel comics couldn't have had or shouldn't have political or societal s social messages. It's weird. I don't understand it. That's not how my brain works. I don't write anything or do really anything without having a reason for it that's not specifically and expressly stated. Right? So, the idea that we shouldn't worry about that is weird to me because that's literally all I worry about. So, most of the things I've written over the last five years since my grandfather's passing have been in some way focused on family or my personal life. And it's the best way that I've figured out how to write. It's where I get my best writing. It's where I've made my most connections with people. So, trying to find a way to do that through podcast is interesting. And I don't think that it's hard with interviews. Interviews are always good pitches, right? They're always the thing that you can send out to socials. And you know some people are going to listen to them on default because it is an interview. And if you're lucky enough to have somebody that a lot of people want to listen to, then you just add to your likelihood of catching some attention. But also catching attention is a weird paradigm that I'm not entirely sure I'm sold on. Social media sucks. That's not a mystery. That's not a question mark for anybody anymore. We know it. It's terrible. It fucking sucks. And for a long time, I had friends that wanted to find a way to game the algorithm or solve the algorithm, which I never was a fan of. Uh, I have this habit of, at the end of the day, saying I told you so in my head. I don't really say it to people, but every conversation about the algorithm, capital A, put parentheses around it if you want to, or quotation marks. Every conversation that's centered on the algorithm, I always turned inward during the conversation. I don't mean like introspectively. I mean, during the conversation, I would just get distracted and do something else as soon as the algorithm came up. Because I, well, one, I saw the documentary about YouTube that featured a lot of YouTube creators who were also saying like, I no longer use it and don't let my children use it because we don't understand the algorithm we made but it understands us better than we do ourselves. And ugh, that's not, ugh, that's not great. And also finding out how like algorithmic video playlists on YouTube have the tendency to draw people into extremist views, right? Whether it's left or right leaning. Gross. And so thinking of ways to figure out how to game or tool or beat the algorithm for our benefit felt kind of like making a deal with a devil we don't understand. And there's always the devil you know and the devil you don't. This was worse than the devil you don't, right? This was, this is, it's something wholly different and I don't really understand it. And so most of the content that I've created, and I will be completely clear, I fucking hate the word content. This episode is going to be about playing games with friends, I promise, but uh, excuse the short diatribe, digression, whatever you want to call it. I hate the word content. I think it dumbs down everything. Content is just something you consume. And if it's used in that way, everything is content. And there's no delineation between good and bad. It's just content. There's no delineation between skill and amateurism. And I'm not saying it's anything wrong being an amateur. I'm just saying there should be a difference. There should be a notable, quantifiable dictatable difference between Shakespeare and Logan Paul. 
right? And if we have content as this umbrella term, then everything, everything, everything gets lumped in to a stocking that's full of coal and candy, and you don't know which one you're going to get. You're just reaching in and hoping that that algorithm is going to give you the good stuff. That's dog shit, man. So I say creating content because there's really no other way to describe it so people will pay attention to it. And that fucking sucks. I think that I think that there's something broken about people that makes them feel better about checking off boxes. And so saying content is I'm making something. And that's fine for them. I'm not going to do it. For me, it's not content. It's podcasts. It's articles. It's Twitch streams. They're specific, right? I'm making specific things. Is it all under the umbrella term content? To somebody, yes. And to myself, even in some ways, yes. But using the word content, I'm a content creator. Everyone's a content creator. Everyone's a content creator. And if you want to take that example to its furthest end, right? Everyone's a content creator. The things you make are your content, right? So your podcast, do you make your article that you write, the dinner you made for your family last night, the shit you took, all content made by you. So if we just got a bucket and throw all that content in it, yeah, dinner's in there. That's good. A couple things to read. That's pretty sweet. Dinner and a book. Who cares? Oh, shit, too. Yeah. There's a reason we say we go make dirt, right? You made it. It's content. That's why I don't like putting it in a bucket. Digression solved. Diatribe over. Playing with friends is how my video game career, for lack of a better term, and I'm sure there actually is a better term, I just can't think of it. It's how it started, that's how it goes, that's how it's always been. Games are meant to be experienced communally in many, many cases. I don't think in every case, but I think in many cases we're meant to absorb these things in a crowd. Even single player experiences, right? When you finished The Last of Us back in 2013, it came with a community talking about it, sharing their experiences and getting emotional over their shared experiences, right? Same with watching The Avengers at the theater in 2010, 2011. It was this moment where everybody was watching something, and I remember going and seeing Avengers at midnight with a bunch of guys from my college dorm and us sitting in the parking lot from 2 in the morning when it was over until 3 or 4, people just shouting. And I'm not kidding. We would sit there and talk and be like, oh my God, remember this? Remember that moment? Remember this? And then somebody 150 feet away in a group of cars would just go, whoa! And everyone would be like, yeah! We would be so excited because we were just fully engulfed in the moment of being a part of what had never been done before, right? The Avengers was huge, monumental. And it's a shame that Joss Whedon turned out to be a huge jerk, uh, as is something we've been learning a lot about people in leadership roles in Hollywood. But say what you will about him, and all of it would be valid. That movie did something. And it drew a community together, a community that now is probably in a bit of a malaise and unable to be friendly or happy about anything, which just seems to be the middle stage between a property or franchise being beloved and being eternal, which is a long way to, do, maybe not long, it's a fancy word. Eternal is a fancy word. I didn't intend it to sound as esoteric or sacred as it is, as it did. But... Star Trek exists in this place where it's been around for 70, 60, 70 years. There's a lot of it. There's a bunch of movies. There's a ton of shows. And in the beginning, I can imagine people were like, oh, it's really good. Oh, it's really good. Oh, this is really good. And then there was the first one. They were like, I don't like it. And there's that moment that you have to have in your brain of like, oh, God. Are these bad? Do I not like them now? But the, the thing is, Star Trek's been... Survived 50 years past that. Survived 40 years past that. Survived 30 years past that. I don't know when the first bad one to people who were there since the beginning came out. But it persisted. And now there's so much Star Trek that if something comes out and you don't like it, you can just go back and watch the shit you do like. 
Star Wars exists in this space. We're like, ah, this one's bad. Blah, 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 blah. It's because there's like 10 movies, maybe 12. Well, there's the core nine, and then there's Solo and Rogue One. There's 11 movies. That's not much, and especially not when you spread it out over 50 years. 11 movies in 50 years? That's one every five years? We're getting to a point now, right? We've got Ahsoka and Andor and Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian. We're getting the Acolyte eventually, Skeleton Crew, more Star Wars movies someday. Obviously, they make a lot of money. They make a lot of money off of me. I bought a $300 lightsaber at Disney. But there's a point where things are great, and then you get enough of them that people start going, is this too much? And then it gets to a point where people go, I'm just going to approach this on my own timescale. I'm going to approach this with my own sensibilities. And if I don't like something, it'll remind me of how much I like the other thing, and I'll go back and watch that. I think that that's part of playing games with friends. And so to start, right, I started playing games with my uncle. I was too young to own my own system, right? So there was always the one person sitting over my shoulder. And this is an interesting day to record this podcast because today is the day that I take Ben to the airport for him to go be in the Netherlands for three months. And it's going to significantly change the dynamic of our evening games because Ryan and I won't have our third. So there's more games we can play and some games we can't because we need more than two and some games we need less than three. So that'll be interesting and I'm sure we'll we'll find a way for it to adapt and to continue to exist. I don't think we're going to stop playing games just because Ben's not here. But I started with Ben. I got a Sega Genesis. I suddenly had brothers shortly after that. Video games are always experienced in community and for the longest time, that was just how things were, and so there wasn't really much question to it or much introspection into the dynamic that is built with those things. And so playing with friends is hugely important. And then over the last couple of years, and I'm kind of jumping forward a bit, jumping the shark, which Troy Barnes in Community says, there was an episode of some show where they literally jumped a shark, and it was the best one. Uh... I love that show. Community is incredible. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's on Netflix. Commercial free, baby. The last couple of years, though, I've gotten into that. Maybe I'm tired of this. Maybe there's too much. Maybe there's not enough variety. You know, the same mental rot that comes with experiencing too much of a singular franchise. Too much Disney Marvel. Too much Disney Star Wars. I don't know why I added Disney to those things. They are the reason those things still exist in many cases, and people should be less ungrateful for that. Not saying Disney deserves our gratitude, but Jesus Christ, to have a little bit of context. Um, you know, too much Star Wars. Star Trek. Marvel. That feeling where you're like, oh, this is too much, man. I miss when it was just this. I miss when it was one movie every year and they were good with giant quotation marks around them around good because that's fucking subjective um three ums been paying attention to it a lot more recently so i thought maybe i was getting tired of it largely because there's we used to have a huge group we had a discord and then a google chat because people didn't all want to download discord because that's what you get when you play with people that are all 10 years older than you. Which was literally true. It was my uncle and a bunch of people that were in their, well, at the time, 30s, and I was in my 20s, and now I'm 30, and they're in their 40s. And Boy, some of the arguments are just old head shit. It's great. And they're only 10 years older, but uh, boy. Um, there was a <laughs> period of time where I said stuff slapped all the time, and then it evolved to whipped. Sometimes I still say that fucking whips. But I remember people being like, fucking stop saying slaps. It's so annoying. And like, I get it. But also, sound older. Uh, five, us. I keep uhing. It's because I don't know what I'm thinking. So, you know, we had a group of like eight or ten, maybe even twelve at some points. And we would play Destiny and Halo and Battlefield 
sometimes Call of Duty because occasionally one sneaks in. And it was easy to find someone to play with. Oftentimes we had huge parties, six, seven, eight people, and we had to break the party up because one team was, one group was playing one game and another group was playing something else and the, the cross chat was just getting too thick. But that kind of stopped around 2018, 2019. It's hard to tell exactly. And that one Discord with most of those people is completely gone. And now we have a new Google chat with new friends, and most of those friends are close uh, in the city, nearby, and if not immediately nearby, close enough that they visit, right? And the other, the other group of people, I've met one of them. I think Ben had met two. There's just a bunch of people from, you know, Chicago, Tennessee, all over the place that we'd never seen and never met in person before, but we've been playing with them for years, and they just kind of fell off. And that was a weird change, right? Because most of the time we were partying up and we were like, well, let's play something together. And at the time it was Destiny, right? When this all was huge in 2014, right after college, maybe even just a little before I got out of college in 2014. It was all fours, co-op and fours, multiplayer and fours. And Destiny was the first one to be like, multiplayer could be four people, but uh, the story is three. And I'm not sure why they did that to this day. Obviously, three is less archetypes to have less uh different classes to build sure but also for 10 years still only three seems silly uh almost as if they couldn't come up with another element which isn't exactly true right because they added strand and they added the ice one from beyond light i don't know but there was three people that you could play that game with during doing the pve stuff and if you raided, you got six, right? Which was huge because we would get all of our friends in one place that wanted to do the raid and do it. Sometimes trading off and shifts with other friends, which was great. But that was tricky because there were too many of us and too many games were less than that. So we complained about that all the time and we broke up parties so that we could play together, but separately, which seems very Jim Crow and not the worst way, obviously. And then that group falls apart. A couple of people straggle in and out and hang out for a little bit, but largely it dies off. That discord goes completely quiet. And there's a small amount of grieving you do where you're like, oh, God damn. Just a group of people that I used to hang out with all the time and they're gone. And obviously not gone in the sense that you'll never hear from them again or they've shuffled off of this mortal coil. But gone in the sense that's almost as real for playing games. You don't see them anymore. They don't log in and then immediately send you a party invite. You don't see them playing something and try to join them. They don't see you playing something and try to join you. And suddenly evenings get a little more lonely. So that time was weird, right? And it evolved, as I said. And what that boiling it down came down to was me, Ben, and Ryan being the three constants, which is obviously what would have led to the decision to have all three of us do a podcast. And, you know, those things that uh, have we've been doing for the last several years. Obviously, there was tech in that for a while, too, and a disagreement between him and some other people in our friend group meant that for some reason there's no way to fix that, which is weird. And maybe part of the reason I wanted to record this was because I wanted to put my thoughts down about that. It's something that we've had to live with for nine, I can't count, six months, whatever the fuck it is, seven months. It's weird, man. And I don't understand the idea that somebody could say something so mean to you that they would never be able to fix it. And also, I do understand that because while I've never had to really do it, I do have distinct memories of people saying deeply offensive things to me, but because I was their black friend who was not easily offended, that was fine. And I remember being the person those jokes would slip out into the atmosphere and a person would turn and look at me and be like, was that okay? Is it okay that I said that? And being a people pleaser most of my life, until recently really, I would nod. Or I would shake my head but be laughing. Oh man, that was bad. Sometimes those jokes were innocuous and not intentional. 
Uh, I won't say who, but I had a friend who I, when I was in college, I had gotten back to my room and forgotten to bring in all the groceries, ran back outside. I was like, oh shit, I forgot something. Grabbed my keys, ran back outside, went outside, grabbed a bag of bananas. And if you know where this is going, you know where this is going. I came back inside with a bag of bananas and said, friend said, you fucking monkey bananas. And then I was like, whoa. And he was like, oh shit, that was so racist. We laughed very fucking hard at that. So I'm not pointing that one out as a terrible one, one that I think of all the time as in like, how dare this person have said that? But what's funny is there were jokes like that in their kind of viciousness that came out and were intended to be funny and were fully known to have been on the border of offensive that I would be looked to as the like, that was, that's okay. That was okay. Right. And, you know, I'll be the first to say that comedy is, you know, in the eye of the beholder or in the ear of the beholder or whatever the fuck you want to say. If you can do, it's the Anthony Jeselnik soundbite that's been going around. If you don't know, uh, I'll try and do it real quickly. Jeselnik said recently that like comedy is about towing the line and making people laugh while they're simultaneously thinking, that was so bad, why am I laughing? Right? Jeselnik is a, is a master of that. If you haven't watched Anthony Jeselnik, you should. He's great. His comedy is so dark. And you catch yourself laughing and going, oh my God, why am I laughing? That's, that's in his words, like that's the point of the art of comedy, is to make people laugh while simultaneously making them question their sanity for laughing at something so heinous, I guess. Not all comedy, obviously. There's people that make jokes that are just funny. But also po pointing out the, the, the awkward or unfamiliar or uncomfortable and making you laugh at it is an art. And the reason Jessenick brings this up is that like, if you are telling jokes and your point is to belittle or just to be on the other side of that line where people are like, no, that's rude or wrong or mean. You're not a comedian anymore. You're a bully. And some people, excuse me, some people are going to laugh at that. That doesn't mean that it's funny or that it's right. Some people laugh at things that they shouldn't laugh at. And some people laugh when they're uncomfortable. Anyway, I long, long thread. Uh, stre stretching off of, I just stumbled over the word stretch. A lot. That's a long thread coming off of this thing with a friend. But yeah, we, we had four right on the podcast. We had four a lot of times when we were playing games. And something happened I, that I don't fully understand. But maybe it's not my place to fully understand. But I tell you what, man. There are very few things on this planet that I think could divorce me from my entire friends list. And if I were being completely honest, which I'm on the podcast by myself in my office by myself with my dog sitting behind me and chilling on a chair, why not be honest? If I'm completely honest, these circumstances wouldn't be why I divorced my entire friend group. And uh, because it's not me, it's not my place to call anybody out. So I've never called anybody out about it. I have been very inquisitive of both sides because the particular precipitating event I was not even there for. I have been inquisitive of both sides. I feel like I've heard both sides. And I feel like being fully 10 years younger than both sides, I'm a little... Sorry, I'm by myself and I just said I'd be honest. I'm a little, I'm a little surprised at the anger and frankly, a little immaturity that like somebody would destroy friendship over something that I don't get. Again, I wasn't there, so I can't pass judgment too harshly, but boy, oh boy, I sure hope that when I lose a friend over something, it's over something that other people hear and go, oh, fuck, yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, and not, huh, that seems like a pretty incriminating, I'm done talking about this. And if you are part of one or both of those parties listening to this and you're offended by what I said, sorry. Uh, you've left a person for six months to try and figure it out on their own with little conversation. 
And the more you think about something that you weren't fully involved in, but the facts that you have don't add up, the more it seems silly. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So Ben, Ryan, and I are the three that continue to play consistently almost every night to the point where if I don't get on or somebody doesn't get on, there's a text that shortly follows 10 o'clock arriving in the evening where someone's like, yo, are you getting on? Which is cute and also sometimes annoying because I'm tired and no, I'm hanging out with my wife. Leave me alone. Uh, but all within good uh, sportsmanship, right? We're never like, what the fuck are you? We're always like, hey, man, you getting on? And sometimes that can be annoying. Sometimes your friends being like, hey, you coming out? It can be like, fuck you. No, I'm not. I went through that this week. Ryan had a New Year's Eve party, and I really wanted to go, but also I have a newborn. And I couldn't find the justification to pop out. Also, I've got like one or two kids sick constantly for the last month and a half. And I didn't want to leave my wife, despite the fact that all the kids were asleep, alone with all the kids on New Year's Eve. Also, despite the fact that she went to bed at like 1030, (laughs) because she looked at the clock at 8 and went, I have to be up for four more hours? (laughs) I wanted to go. I couldn't. Because I couldn't, you know, justify it. And I'm not saying I was upset by the number of times that it was asked, but it made me feel a little bit worse every time I had to say no. Like, I I know you want me to come, and I'm sorry that I can't. But that's just kind of the, that's the deal. That's the deal I got right now. And I'm, you know, I'm obviously not offended by it. But it's one of those things that leads back into the original metaphor of... I love this, I love this, I love this. There's some evolution. Maybe it's not enough anymore. Maybe it's too much. Maybe it's not the thing I was looking for. And then, as previously stated in the metaphor, with things like Star Trek and with things of that link, Doctor Who, holy shit, Doctor Who, that community, full of, man, the old one was great, And then they brought it back, and like, that guy was great, that guy was great, this one was pretty bad. Oh, they're doing a woman doctor? And then, looking back and going, actually, those were were good, too. Christopher Eccleston was good. Uh, The guy that followed Christopher Eccleston, the older guy, he's great. I can't think of his name right now. That sucks. But like, there was, there's these moments where people are like, I hate it, it's bad. And then another one comes out, and they're like, no, see, this is good. And then enough time passes and they, they, they reference the old one. And you go, that was really good too. Fucking Star Wars did that shit recently. Like Ahsoka comes out, right? Ahsoka is based on a Clone Wars character who was also in Rebels. Very focused on Ahsoka Tano, this former Padawan of Anakin Skywalker who never completed her training. And of course, we know Anakin went off to become Darth Vader. And Ahsoka went into the wind and kind of disappeared for a while after the events of Clone Wars and Rebels. And then, you know, you get fucking Ahsoka, which is still in the time. I think it's still in the time period. No, it's not. Ahsoka is post-Vader's death, which is fucking wild. So, like, Ahsoka's gone for 20 fucking years. And I haven't watched all the Clone Wars, and I haven't watched all of Rebels. I probably will not. I'm 32 and I have three children. I don't have the time to catch up on all that shit. I'll read about it someday. Ahsoka's gone for 20 fucking years. And you get this show that is super referential of Rebels and Clone Wars. And it's focused on Ahsoka and her Padawan that didn't finish her training. And them trying to rekindle their bond. And it's good. It's great. It's amazing. You have... Balin Skull being played by, oh my God, names are just not coming to my head today. Uh, Ray Stevenson, who passed tragically, because Balin Skull's character is great. Ray Stevenson was an amazing dude. I loved everything he was in except for that Punisher movie. That Punisher movie was a lot of fun, though. It was just kind of dumb, which is fine. It's an action movie. Anyway, but the thing that, the thing that tricks me out trips me up the most and ben as well we've talked about this and probably anybody who's into with a capital i and a capital t nope that's one word with a capital i into star wars is hayden christensen comes back to play anakin for ahsoka and 
the community did the most bonanza shit. They welcomed him back with fucking uproarious applause. And here's the thing. I'm not saying he didn't deserve that. Hayden Christensen was young when he did the prequel trilogy. And he played a teenager you're supposed to hate. For fuck's sake, the kid that played Joffrey in Game of Thrones quit acting. Because people hated him so much they threw shit at him when he was walking down the street in New York. He'll, He'll probably come back when people forgot. But also, people grew up and were like, that was a fucking TV show. But people did not like the prequel trilogy. They frequently cite them as the worst ones, which, like, eh, sure, whatever. They're made for children, and as a fucking nine-year-old when the first one came out, 11-year-old and 13-year-old when the second and third ones came out, they fucking ruled. They fucking ruled. They were so good. They were so good. I was a child. And if you're 30 watching them, you're like, this is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, of course they fucking are. Whatever. But people hated Hayden Christensen for reasons. Again, liberal use of quotation marks this episode. And then Ahsoka comes out and it's announced that Hayden Christensen's going to be playing Vader and people lose their shit. They're like, oh my God, he's back. Fuck yeah. And I'm like, hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Y'all hated this dude, right? Like, I'm not crazy. And then you see like him introduced at Star Wars Celebration or D23 or whatever the fuck it was that he showed up on stage. And he just gets this like 10 minute standing ovation and people can't stop screaming getting emotional and like you see Hayden sitting there on stage getting emotional because he's like they love me there's a difference though man like there's a difference in his face that I noticed from the beginning is because like when David Tennant got his lifetime achievement award and that video is playing it's a video a lot of people have seen if you haven't look it up it's great he didn't know he was getting it and a video starts playing of him and all of his roles and all the people he's worked with talking about working with him and his dad comes on for a second. And like David Tennant's just like, oh shit. You can see him getting emotional. Like this is about me. Like they love me. Oh my God. But there's something different about his eyes and, and Hayden Christensen's eyes. And Hayden Christensen's eyes, the, the, the emotion in, the, in his face is less, oh my God, they love me this much. It, and instead it's, oh my God, they love me. Like he was clarifying something, right? David Tennant is realizing, he's quantifying something. He's saying, this is how much they love me. This is amazing. I didn't think that I'm worth this much. I'm an actor for crying out loud, right? Hayden Christensen is qualifying something. Oh shit, they love me. Because it's almost as if he thought that they hated him. Why would he think that? It's fucking wild. It's fucking wild. And I don't, I don't fully believe that Star Wars fans deserve a lot of the shit that they're getting right now. And I mean that in content. I do not mean that in insults. I believe that Star Wars fans for a long time have been pretty fucking shitty. And all of a sudden we're retconning that Last Jedi was good, which I've always believed. And that Hayden Christensen is the best Anakin. Which like, you know what? I'm fine with that because I believed that from the beginning. But I also have a problem with people acting like they, they believed that all along when they fucking didn't. It's fine. I'm not bitter about it, obviously. But tying that again, this this Star Wars uh, diversion, this this weird pop culture diversion, I'm, I'm threading inside and out of this podcast. We, the friend group dies off. It's me, Ryan, and Ben. We're playing stuff. And there's moments of like, yeah, this isn't working. I'm tired of it. I've struggled for years with thoughts that like, I don't know if any of my friends actually understand who I am. And that's tough because how do you like clarify to somebody like, Oh, by the way, the thing you thought about me is fucking wrong. It's uncomfortable. And I don't generally do that because yeesh, but uh, it doesn't mean that there's not moments of like, well, 
maybe this needs to change. And then what you end up finding out is that like time passes and you go, though, that shit was the best. That shit was the best. And so like I'm in that stage now with the friend group that no longer plays together. It was good. It ended kind of weird. And for years I was like, what the fuck, man? Kind of fucked them. Kind of what the fuck happened. What the fuck? And now I'm like, that shit was dope. I kind of miss it. So if those people came back and be like, fuck yeah, let's go. And there's a window, right? There's a window. There's a window where those people disappear from your life. And then they come back like, what's up? And you're like, I don't fucking know you anymore. Where the fuck have you been? And then there's a more time can pass. And you, those edges soften a little bit and you become less angry and they come back and instead of being like, where the fuck you been? You're like, yo, where the fuck you been? What's up? How's it? How you, how's the family? Your kid's like 20 now. That's fucking wild. Cause I remember when he was born. Right. And that's what's starting to, starting to be where it is with that group. But that's just useful to contextualize and perhaps even better describe and define what's happening with me, Ryan and Ben, which is this like slow creep of like, I love these guys to death, but I look at my like recently played game history and it's like, well, we play battlefield. Uh, we're playing the finals right now, which is a brand new game. And I fucking love it. I love that game. It's hard. Uh, it's not exactly a game you win every time because it's three teams against each other instead of two. So, you know, your, your win loss ratio is a little different than if it was just one V one. I love that game. We've been playing a bunch of it. But outside of that, it's Battlefield or, oh boy, we played a lot of Dark Tide for a while, and that got a little old because we did all the stuff, all the stuff again, liberal use of quotations in this episode, all the stuff being, we did everything before the hardest shit, and there's a there's a resistance to difficulty, not just in our friend group, but in people playing games, right? Playing games to enjoy them, to escape, to have a good time, and maybe we're not exactly the people that want to play a game that's going to beat the shit out of us. Relentlessly, though I will say our best experiences in that game are specifically when that game was beating the shit out of us. Um, you just start to go through the motions, and it feels like you're going through motions. You get online, you see what they're up to, you go play with them. The night ends, and you go, Man, I really wish I'd gotten to this. And I'm not exactly the kind of person that's going to stop and be like, You, I, uh, no, I want to, I want to do this instead. And that doesn't include you. And I have a really, really simple explanation for why I'm not that person, right? I'm not that person because I did it once. <laughs> this is, I love Luke to death. He's the best. Bastard Bob, you're one of my best friends. But I specifically wasn't going to play a game with everybody one night. Like I joined the party to hang out and chat. But they were like, you coming? And I was like, no, nah, I'm playing this because I want to get it done to get a review out. I got so ridiculed for doing that i've literally never fucking done it again and like there's this trend that went around on tiktok a couple years ago of people saying that we're a mosaic i do this because my it was a beautiful thing and they almost always made me emotional i'm an emotional bitch that's me but you would have these people being like i always put uh, my fork and knife on the left because when my grandma would set the table she put the fork and knife on the left and the napkin on the right. We're all mosaics made of different things that people have done. And some of them are really great. I always wanted to make one that was like a mixture of good and bad. Like I, I doubt myself because when I was imagining what it would be like to be an elite in Halo with two thumbs and two fingers instead of four fingers and one thumb, I was told by somebody very close to me, that's not real. So it's dumb to think about it. And it, I, I stopped being, I stopped thinking like that for a really long time. It impacted me. But Luke and who, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't just Luke. I want to be very clear. It wasn't just him. But there, a couple of people were like, man, fucking come on. Go play games. And I have this thing about, sorry, we're going to share more stories. I have this thing about being a game journalist that I have to constantly remind myself it's real. Because I've been told so many times it's stupid. And that's one experience where I struggled afterwards trying to find places to make it fit around my friends so I didn't have to confront them with, I have something to do. And one of the other experiences is working at the theater in college. 
And I don't know why this has so much or had so much of an impact on me. And I don't know why I changed it from has to had. It still has an impact on me. But a 16-year-old girl. I was probably 19 at the time. Maybe 20 even. Hold on. I can actually do this math. It was after 2012. It was the fall of 2012. Because Ben and I went to our first Comic-Con in 2012. And there I saw Dan Amrich on a panel who's a game journalist and he wrote a book that I still have on my bookshelf. I'm leaning over to see if I still have it. Uh... Oh boy. It's there somewhere, but it's how to write about how to make a living writing about games and listen to his panel. And Ben, this was like 2012 was the year I decided I was going to do this shit. Oh, I had gone, I had quit baseball in the fall of 2011, spring of 2012. I started writing uh, movie reviews and eventually game reviews for The Rambler, the Illinois College School newspaper. And then over spring break, we went to Seattle for a journalism conference. And I was like, oh my God, I fucking love this. I'm going to do this. And then right before the summer started, my uncle had negotiated a a work around, or uh, I had negotiated a a, a deal with my grandparents because he was living with them at the time uh, in St. Charles that if I came and stayed in St. Charles for the summer and worked on game journalism, I could stay there and they wouldn't charge me or anything. And it would, we would just hang out and work on shit. And this was, you know, a couple of days or maybe a week after he'd been like, well, you like games and you love writing. Why don't you write about games? And I was like, holy shit. Why have I not thought about that? That's a, that's a fucking amazing idea. And so I started literally because of that in 2012. I went to Comic-Con in 2012, saw Dan Amrich. He wrote How to Make a Living Writing About Games. I bought it there. I'm pretty sure my copy is signed. I bought it there. I brought it home. I read it. And I read it everywhere. In my dorm, in between classes in the cafeteria. One place I read it was at the movie theater and this 16 year old girl whose first and last name I do still remember, but I will not reference. We'll call her Jenna. I'm, I don't know if anyone's worked at a theater, if you've not worked at a theater, it goes in shifts, right? And I don't mean you have a shift that starts and it ends and someone else's starts. What I mean is you have showings at like five, right? Those are your like matinees right before the the real evening rush. And that's changed because COVID, but you have showings at five. Everyone gets into the theater by 5.30. You get the last stragglers in. From 5.30 until the 6.30 period where people start showing up for their seven o'clock shows, it fucking dies. So you like clean a little bit. You make extra popcorn so that shit's ready to go. You get a couple of refills when they come out. But for like an hour and a half after every showing starts, you're kind of sitting around with your thumb up your ass. And so we would we would throw frisbees down the hallway. We would do dumb shit. <clears throat> but one of the things that I would do <clears throat> was read. So I was reading how to write about games for a living. And I was doing it like at the front counter. And Jenna walks by and is like, what are you reading? And I read the title. And she fucking laughed in my face and was like, that's dumb and i was like why she's like people writing about video games like who's who's gonna read that and i was like well i mean i don't know and you know that that feeling you get where you're like fucking i wish i'd said this in an argument because you in, your, in the moment you're flustered and then afterwards you think of like the perfect comeback and you're like god damn it i should have said that it, it wasn't that extreme for me but there was like a moment where i stammered and stumbled and i could tell that like she felt like she got me and then right before she walked away, I was like, hold on. We're working at a movie theater. People write movie reviews for a living. It's no different. And she was like, huh. Okay, whatever. And she might not have said whatever, but the okay was, it implied that. But I knew I'd made a little bit of an impact, but still, the greater impact was on me, who then went from reading that book everywhere to choosing very specifically where I read it so I wouldn't have to have conversations with people who would think it was stupid. So, like, justifying 
this, recording these, having a Patreon at all, asking people to pay for it, uh, taking time away from family to do this. Like I'm recording this right now on a Tuesday. Um, it's 11. I, my wife and kid are sitting in the, my wife and newborn are sitting in the next room. Sitting down to do this feels bad because I feel like I'm, it's a waste of time. It's a weird thing I have to struggle with, but it's those little things that stick with you. So again, returning to the conversation, there's that moment where you get to the end of the night. I get to the end of the night after having played with Ben and Ryan every night for years now where I go, damn, I really want to get to Jusant. I really want to get to Cocoon. I really want to get to fucking Lamplighter's League. I really want to get to Hard Space Shipbreaker. I want to get to Phantom Brigade. I want to play more Road Warden. I want to play more Dwarf Romantic. I want to play more City Skylines. All of the games that I've listed are single player, right? And we've got this group of three that we play with, and not showing up to hang out with the guys feels like a crime. After a while, you realize, like, this is kind of all I've been doing. Which is part of the reason why I haven't written a ton. Because my writing time isn't only at night, but it used to largely be at night. And my gaming time at night is largely with friends. So how do you do single player stuff? Which is a wild thing to say, knowing full well I got more than 300 hours of Starfield in this fall. But that game was different. Everyone was playing Starfield. For a while, ever me, Ben... Ryan, we were all playing Starfield. Luke. And so we would play Starfield together. That's one of my favorite things. When a big single-player game comes out, everybody wants to play it, so you party up, and you play the game together. Because then you just shoot the shit. You shoot the breeze. You chew the wind. And play a game. And it's fucking great. Uh, got a lot of Starfield in. And so there's, you know, obviously opportunities for those things to happen more often, right? Like, oh, hey. We're going to do this because uh, everybody wants to do it. So we're just going to party up and chat. There's also the opportunity for, uh, because Ryan and I have talked about this, and I'm sure Ben and I have too, but there's there's also the opportunity to, like, hey, we're going to catch up on some backlog stuff. So let's party up and hang out. But, like, you're going to go play this. I'm going to go play this. That's the thing I'm pushing for going into 2024 which is like, I got a backlog the length of a fucking freight train. I would very much like to clear some of that shit off so I can, one, make my desktop look a little more tidy, and two, I can make the, the messy file organizer in my head a little more tidy. So it's like, a, it's like a relationship. My wife and I have gone through a ton of shit, and I don't mean that to sound like our relationship has been tumultuous. Our relationship's been long. And the length of a relationship comes with the baggage of trials, tribulations, whatever the fuck you want to call them. We've been together for almost 17 years. So like there's just of the gamut of things that could happen. A lot of them have happened. We've had to deal with them in a lot of different ways. So playing with the guys is a, is a relationship, right? And there's moments in relationships where you're like, I don't know. I'm kind of bored by this. I'm kind of... Well, I was kind of hoping I could be doing something else. I kind of want to go do something on my own. I kind of need to figure myself out first, you know, like in the romantic comedy sense. And what it really boils down to is having a conversation and being like, hey, we do this a lot. What if we did this less and did this other thing more? It's, it's complex, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. All right. I wouldn't change it out for a different group of people. That's not what I'm saying. I would just, it just needs to adapt and it's going to have to adapt, right? Ben's leaving today. You're listening to this later, but Ben will have left today uh, on the second when you hear this. And there's a obvious and uh, inevitable change is going to come where Ryan and I figure out, okay, well, what games could we play now that are two-player only that we couldn't play before? What games that Ben didn't really like can we play? Because, you know, Ryan's been trying to get me to play Farming Sim. I've installed it. I'm, I'm down to give it a shot. We loved Stardew Valley. Also, we could get deeper into Stardew Valley because there's not 
like Ben doesn't want to get in that and Ben's not going to be around. So maybe there's a window for Stardew Valley to come back for a few more months like it did in 2020 with me, Ryan and Odin, which golly, that was the last time we hung out with Odin. He had a job change and he moved and that guy's, he pops in occasionally to say happy holidays and shit, but you know, life's changed. You, you do stuff. Also when you're in your forties, sometimes your life changes and video games don't maintain uh, the foothold that they did. That's just that's just how reality is. Uh, Luke has two kids. He's in his 40s. He doesn't play nearly as much as he used to. He also got a puppy. So, like, he's just tired because he's getting up early or getting up in the middle of the night to take the dog out. When that dog regulates and sleeps through the night and all that shit, and it's not a huge headache, I'm sure he'll be back. Uh, but therein lies the, the detail of the issue that I'm speaking to, right, is that the shit changes. And as shit changes, dynamics evolve. And as dynamics evolve... Patterns change. And that feels like the state we're in right now. So playing with friends is essential for me. It always has been. It always will be. But defining what playing with means is just as important. Does that mean hanging out in one place? Playing the same thing every night. Or does that mean hanging out in one place Playing different things each night. How do you find a balance? How do you strike that balance and make everybody happy? How do you know full well you can't make everybody happy? So what games do you take a bullet for and play because your friend wants to play them really badly? Those are all things that you have to consider. Those are all things that I have been considering. I initially laughed at Ryan for playing farming sim and then realized, like, that's a really shitty thing to do. One. Two, I still do it because now it's become funny and not just mean. And three, I played a fuck ton of Stardew Valley and that's a farming sim game that, yes, has relationships, but, like, the mechanicality and industrial qualities of farming now, so playing farming sim 22 or whatever, where you have a combine or a... I don't know the names for any of these things, but you have one thing harvesting and dumping into another thing. And one thing is controlled by one player and the other thing is controlled by another player. And you have to like form this perfectly in sync system where person A is able to feed the thing they're harvesting into person B's vehicle at a speed at which you can get this done with some efficiency. That shit sounds amazing to me. And it's something that like Ryan, Ben and I have all experienced. We, ben and I, Got into Hard Space Shipbreaker. Uh, well, Ben did. I've started it and was like, this is going to fucking tick so many boxes. And then I haven't gone back to it. We've all played Deep Rock Galactic, which is another work-focused game with some shooting elements, but you're like mining. Ostensibly, you're doing tasks. Um, those work-style games fucking rule, and the technicality of those things is what is appealing. So, like, I gave Ryan shit a long time for that. And I'm not going to do that anymore. One. And two, I'm going to give it a shot. I have it installed. I want to give it a shot. And I know that's something he really wants to do. So there's, you know, there's back and forth. There's ways that you that you have to negotiate. It's like I said, it's like a relationship. It's not always going to be exactly what you want. It's not always going to be exactly what the other person wants. Furthermore, if you are in a relationship with a partner romantically, or friend, actually, I'm just going to broaden it. If you're in a if you're in a relationship with somebody, there's this weird boomer era fucking requirement. The relationships be 50-50. And if you're younger than me and listening to this, if you're older than me and listening to this, if you're my age and listening to this, and no one's ever said this to you, the 50-50 requirement of friendship of relationships is fucking bullshit. Bullshit. That's not how any of it works. And I, I'm saying that's purely from experience, not because I have a vendetta or I wish, <clears throat> or that I wish my wife would get off my back. No, it's just bullshit. The, it's not, it's man. Being in a relationship means that you both, your, both of your contributions add up to 100% of the relationship. Right? And that's not even always true. Sometimes there's a third party or a fourth party. That's not what I mean. A third person or a fourth person, whatever. Third party influence adds to the 100% because there's a deficiency somewhere. 
But the reality is that like a relationship adds up to 100% of the relationship. That's what makes it a relationship. That might mean that somebody gives 20% for a few months, a year, a few days, an afternoon because of where they are personally. And the other person gives 80% because they can. And not even just because they can, but because they want to. That's what makes it a relationship. If you don't want to do it, you won't, right? And there's there goes the relationship. If you want to be friends or uh, married or if you want to be in a relationship to this person and you, you want it and you feel like they deserve your 80%, you do that, right? But the, the expectation for it to be 50-50 is silly. And it's not how things work. Literally nothing is that well balanced. Not even fucking nature. So expecting complex and frankly fucking weird humans. We're weird. We're we're weird meat bags with bone structure. Uh, expecting those things to work the same way all the time. At 50-50 sharing the load the whole time is fucking bananas. So don't do that. Don't do it to your friends. Don't do it to your spouse. Don't do it to your partner. Don't do it to your uh, parents. There's a really great graph that came out a couple years ago that I saw on Twitter that was also a quick side note. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, be honest, how many times have you accidentally called X Twitter? And I double took because I was like, I've almost one time accidentally called Twitter X, but it's never going to be the other way around. Anyway, <clears throat> I saw this little infographic on Twitter a couple years ago that was a line chart, several, for the proximity of people in terms of like their closeness over time. And it was like brother and sisters, like siblings. Um, the lines are super, super close until they get to like age 30 and then they start to spread out. And then when they get to like 60, they narrow again. 60 to 70, they narrow again. Um, and that's like, you know, you, you live with them and then it spreads out when you go away to like college and start your own lives and then it comes back together as mom and dad get older. Um, and then there was like, uh, childhood friends and it's like super close until you get to college. And then like, sometimes that line never comes back. You just fucking, whoop. I knew that guy in kindergarten. My, one of my best friends from kindergarten Matt got married a couple months ago and I didn't get an invitation and I wasn't surprised. He fucking moved to New England years ago. And he comes back when, and when he comes back in town, he sees me, we hang out. But like our trajectory is pretty spread out. Uh, then there's partners and it's like super far apart. Like your wife, like my wife, super far apart until like the age you meet and then super close. And then that one like widens and tightens. Uh, never really far apart, widens and tightens. Like when a kid's born, it, it separates a little bit because like well-known fact, the first five years of a, ki of a kid's life is like the worst period of time for a marriage because like <laughs> kids fucking suck. I love my kids to death, but like brand new kids, especially the whole dynamics thrown off. Amanda and I were, have been grieving all year. The dynamic that we were so proud of finding out we'd reached at New Year's Eve of 2022 that like we were out at a bar at a fire pit having a drink while the kids are being watched by the in-laws and just talking about our lives and being like yo i think we did it i think we figured out the balance for now obviously it's going to change but like it feels good then a couple months later we accidentally got pregnant and the whole year's just been like fuck man fuck we got like two more years before we figure that shit out again and maybe it won't be that long but like it might be and yuck. Yuck. But that's how it goes. So Ryan and I are going to have to adapt over the next couple months. I mentioned in the prequel podcast to these ones coming out that there's going to be a potential smattering of guests who come by and fill in while Ben's gone. Ben might... Hop in parties with us, but he's going to be on an eight-hour time difference. So maybe he gets up in the morning and calls in at eight while we're still playing games at midnight. But we're going to have to adjust. That means Farming Sim is going to be on the docket. That means something that uh, I've wanted to play, like Phantom Brigade or something, goes on the docket. Not for us to play together, but for me to play that while he does something else. It's going to be interesting. And... 
that's the best part. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to look like something. It's not going to go away. And that's what everybody should look for, right? That's what finding friends is. On playing with friends, that's what playing with friends is. When you're a little kid, you guys do kind of what you want. As you get older, life dictates a little bit more what you can and can't do. And we're in a situation now where we're trying to figure out what exactly it means for life to be like, all right, time to alter your pattern a little bit. Altering patterns sucks. People hate it, specifically adults. But that's where we are. Do I think that it's going to be perfect always? No. Am I going to be displeased with it? Yeah, occasionally. That's kind of how you know it's working. It's not 50-50. Sometimes you're giving more because you know that they want to do something. Sometimes they're giving more because they want to stick around and you can't put up the same numbers you used to in your rookie year. I'm not quite sure where to go from there. Obviously, I'm done. I don't have anything else to add. I think that's a good way to come to a close. But I also feel like there's more to be said. Maybe that more is just what you hear in the future. Listen, if you want to, to what we make, and hear how things shift. How dynamics change. People step up when things are different. People step back when things are different. There's all sorts of different evolutions that pop in and out. I've known Ryan for fucking 15, 16 years. We met in high school, just like my wife and I did. He's changed a lot, man. And I'm not saying that to be like, man, he used to be cool. He was always cool. But he's grown fucking leaps and bounds. And I'm not trying to say he had a lot of growth to do. What I'm saying is that, like, as a person, there are points in your life that make you grow. There are people in your life that make you grow. And I would like to think that I've been one of those people in Ryan's life. I know he's been one of those people in my life. But also, watching that dude become a dad has been fucking cool. I hope people watching me become a dad's been cool. It's been cool to me. Finding out ways that I can improve on past mistakes. And I know he's doing the same thing. I love my friends. They're great. I'm not very good at interacting with them outside of my home or Xbox parties. And that's just on me being a weird, depressed, semi-super anxious person. But I love my friends. They're good people. Even if sometimes their jokes make me fucking coil up. <laughs> and I wouldn't trade it for fucking anything. Maybe, maybe, maybe one friend who isn't such a big bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love him to death. And thanks for listening to the first part of three I'm playing with friends. The next one's going to be <laughs> nice. I'm leaving that yawn in fucking honest energy. Here we go. Um, the next one's going to be on playing with parents. That one's going to be a little interesting, maybe a little more contentious because I mean, it's your parents, dude. Your parents are always going to have a little bit of a spot in your brain where you're like, yeah, God, fuck you guys. Not in a bad way, not in a bad way, but let me tell you playing with, Ben and I playing with our moms, fucking rules, and is also very stressful. And I'll get into details as to why next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been an hour and five minutes-ish. If you want to find out what we uh, what we do or follow, where we do those things, go to nerdybits.com. The website's been redone in the last three months. And uh, I'm going to add more pictures to it so it doesn't look like it's just a Starfield exclusive website. But obviously I redid it in like October, November. You can tell because it's almost all Starfield shit. Um, go to nerdybits.com for that. 
if you want to watch our streams, which are going to be starting this week as well, twitch.tv slash nerdybitstv. If you want to follow us on socials, it's nerdy underscore bits on Twitter or nerdy bits on Blue Sky. You can follow me at lubwub everywhere. It's important. L-U-B-W-U-B. And if you're a content blech creator yourself, streamer, podcaster, whatever, and you like the music that we have on this episode, go to monstercat.com and sign up for their gold subscription, which lets you make things to post places and use their music without fear of copyright strikes, which is fucking cool. And they have good music. Um, And then last but not least, you didn't stop playing because you grew old. You grew old because you stopped playing. Don't stop playing games with your kids, with your friends, with your wife, with your husband, with your best friend, with any of your friends. Don't stop playing games. They will keep us young. They will keep us smart. They will keep our minds fresh. I haven't played games yet, which is why I've fucked up so many words so far today. Keep playing games. Be good to your friends. Be good in your relationships. Have a safe and happy new year. And I will catch you guys later this week for On Playing With Parents. Peace. Peace.